Welcome to the Imposter Syndrome Terminator Podcast. My name is Ines Padar, and I'm a spiritual mindset and business coach. The goal of this podcast is to help you use the full power of your subconscious mind to ditch imposter syndrome, raise your vibration, unlock the doors to abundance, and grow a low stress and high income business. So let's get started. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the very first episode of the Imposter Syndrome Terminator Podcast. Now, today we're going to talk about how I went from struggling for eight whole months when I started my business using my savings account to pay for my bills to making my first 12K only 10 weeks after starting on social media. Now, this is such an important story for me because it really changed the course of my business and my life, actually. And it's also one of these things that many people ask. I've got a lot of questions on how I was able to kind of flip the dynamic and how I was able to, to move from that period of eight months of struggling and really trying hard and not really getting any results to a pretty rapid start on social media and then basically rapid growth from there. So hopefully you can learn from my mistakes. I'm going to paint you a very clear picture of what I did when I wasn't on social media yet, what I did during those eight months that didn't work, why it didn't work, what I did to change that, and then what were the key elements that really helped me hit the ground running once I got myself on social media. And you'll also get at the end of this podcast, you'll get all of the information. You can download an amazing hypnosis recording that I created, especially for this, especially to get our mind in the right place for rapid growth and start to let go of some limiting beliefs that I certainly had during those eight months when not much was happening. So we're going to jump right into it. So for those of you who don't know me, my name is Ines. I live in Switzerland. I was born here, grew up here. And to make a very long story short, I used to work in finance, which I absolutely love, love finance. But I, I realized very soon that that was just not fulfilling. And I did not want to spend the rest of my life in an office as I felt trapped, to be honest. And even though I had the, the best job, the best colleagues, the most amazing boss, and we had this wonderful, gorgeous office straight at the lake in Zurich, right by the lake. We could go swim during lunch break. It was the dream job, to be honest. I still felt this, this feeling that I belonged elsewhere and that I could not make it for another 35 or 40 years in that environment. So I quit my job. I went traveling for three months in Latin America, backpacked through several countries, and absolutely loved the sense of freedom and the sense of discovering new things, not really have a strict schedule and settling down when I wanted to and being on the move when I wanted to. And when I came back in Switzerland, a few months after that, I was like, this is it. I'm never going back to corporate. So I started my business in July 2019. And back then, I had been trained in EFT, which stands for Emotional Freedom Technique. And I was also uh, starting my training in advanced hypnosis. So I thought, well, I could make that a business, right? And I had already done a bit of, of EFT when, with friends and family. I had given them sessions for free and they had remarkable results. So I was like, okay, let's, let's do this. This is a very good idea. So started my business in July, 2019. Was super excited about it. Was super happy about the freedom, about enjoying the summer as it was summer here in Switzerland, being able to chill out while I worked. So I built 
a website, I put myself out there, printed business cards and did all of the things that you kind of hear as advice to grow a face-to-face -face business, right? And many people had told me, they were like, okay, you, you need to build your face-to-face your -face network. And then the ball starts to roll and more and more people know you and the word of mouth starts kicking in and people refer you, people recommend you. And that's how you can basically build a busy practice, build a, a fully booked practice and have a wait list. And all of that sounded like funs and games sounded awesome. So I was like, okay, let's do this. So I did. And unfortunately, not much happened. So I did have clients, a few who mainly were recommended by friends or friends of friends or people who had heard of me, certainly no one who, came, who stumbled across my website, which I would later learn was just not how a website should be for conversion, but I was clueless at that time. And it felt like a lot of effort, a lot of vision boarding and trying to manifest what I want and very few results. And in a nutshell, I absolutely loved what I was doing. So the few clients I did have had very good results and they were very happy, but it wasn't really happening. And I was wondering why, because they were telling me that they were talking about me to other people. They were, they were giving my, my business card to friends, but not much really happened. And while I got a few clients here and there, made a few thousand a month, it wasn't enough to pay for my bills, so I was using my savings account. And I once heard someone say, hey, you need to be offering longer programs or longer packages. So instead of, of doing one-off sessions like I used to do, right, I would have one hour or two hour sessions, what you need to be doing now is, is longer packages, maybe one month, three months, depending on people's needs, and focus on these longer packages because they provide much more financial freedom and the person has way better results as you can have more time to work with them. And then you don't need to find as many people to make the same income. And that really rang a bell, right? It, it made complete sense. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm originally from finance, so it is very straightforward that if you have one big client instead of 10 or 20 small ones, it's not going to take as much work. You don't have to, to, to find as many people. And that person who gets your full attention is going to get uh, better results. So I had completely understood like the intellectual aspect of it, right? It makes complete sense. But then I realized that I was actually pretty terrified or very uncomfortable at the idea of having someone on the phone or meeting someone and talking about a program or a longer package that cost a few thousands. And the thoughts that started to, to come in my mind is, well, this is a ripoff or people can't afford it or who am I to, to even do this? And I was like, okay, maybe this is normal. They, they will just go away at some point. Let's, let's not focus too much on that. But I very, very rapidly realized that these thoughts were so strong and so paralyzing that there was no way in the world that I could actually comfortably ever talk about that offer to someone who even might be interested. So what I did is I did develop a one-month offer that was at a higher price point, obviously, than the single single sessions I had been giving up to then. But the cringe, you cannot imagine the cringe that was going on when I was on a call with someone who was potentially interested in the program. And a few people did buy them and were really happy. 
but it really looked like me spending one or one and a half hours on the phone, pretty apologetic and trying to, to really not convince, convince is not the right word. I'm kind of looking for the right word, but trying to make them understand the full benefits and how their life could look like after one month if we had a bit more time and more sessions to really dig deep. And so a lot of the the call seemed or felt like me trying to convey the benefits and them having doubts or them kind of being convinced, but not really, and asking one million questions and then the entire call turning into half a therapy slash coaching session instead of just being a discovery call. And then at the end, many would say no, and a few would say yes. And the entire process was very exhausting. And at the same time, I wasn't on social media and I knew I had to show up on social media on Facebook or Instagram, but something just, I I procrastinated about it and later I understood why, but it just, it felt cringy. It felt awkward. I thought of all of the people from the bank or from university that, that would see it. And most importantly, since I didn't have a niche back then, I was kind of doing therapy or doing EFT sessions or hypnosis for kind of any type of problem, I kind of knew in the back of my mind that I didn't have a clear message. So I was like, okay, I'm going to show up on social media, but what the hell am I going to talk about? One day I can talk about smoking and the next day about um, hypnosis for weight loss and the next day about eczema and the next day about anxiety. It didn't feel clear in my mind. And that's probably why I procrastinated for so long. So eventually... After about six months of wandering around, I reached breaking point in the sense of I'm not very patient. I like to have results fast. And six months of trying and not succeeding, honestly, was starting to affect my confidence because deep down I knew that what I did was really helpful. And I had gotten so much positive feedback from amazing people who reached out and who said, listen, after the session, my phobia was gone or my eczema was gone or my anxiety is so much better. So I knew that what I did worked and that it could really help people, but I just didn't have the people there that needed the help. I couldn't find them. So I got impatient, let's put it that way, <laughs> to stay polite. And I decided to that it was time to get myself online, right? To start to find clients uh, through Instagram or, or Facebook or social media. So that's when about, I think it was end of December 2019 or beginning of January, I'm not quite sure. My mom and I actually found this program online that helped therapists, therapists and coach start their online business or find clients online. So we we got that marketing program and the first, oh no, (laughs) the first aspect that I realized I was doing wrong was the niche. And if you have an online business, you've probably heard about the dreaded niche. People say you need to pick a niche because when you do everything, you do nothing. Or when you speak to everyone, you speak to no one. And in the back of my mind, I knew this, but I didn't want to limit myself. For me, picking a niche was massively limiting myself because I was lucky enough to work with so many women who came with very different issues. Some were skin issues, other anxiety or weight. A few came for smoking, a few came for addiction. And I really liked uh, the diversity. So for me, niching made no sense in my mind it felt like I would basically exclude 95 or 97 or 99% of my potential client base to just focus on one. 
but the marketing course and actually basically any marketing out there, even in like free stuff you find on YouTube or in podcasts, they tell you, you need a niche. So I was like, okay, I guess, I guess I need a niche, right? I guess I need to do this now. And FOMO was real. Fear of missing out was real and kind of stopped me for a long time. And then I was like, oh, maybe I could find a niche like women who were stuck in this one thing, even though the rest of their life looks perfect. I was like, yeah, that's perfect. Like everything in their life is perfect. There is this one thing that they feel stuck about and I can help them overcome that. But then I I realized that it was way too vague, right? Because you can get stuck in so many different things. So I finally decided to pick imposter syndrome. And let me tell you that when I made the decision or in the process of making that decision, it did not feel good. So I want to break a myth right now that, oh, once you find your niche, it's going to be rainbows and unicorns and it's going to feel like that moment. No, in the process, I went back and forth, up and down, sideways, like anything you can imagine, having massive FOMO, But then I got so tired of being in that limbo zone where I couldn't decide. I was like, screw this. I'm taking imposter syndrome. Let's see what happens. And I like the idea of imposter syndrome because I had seen it so often in my colleagues, in my super smart colleagues who knew so much, but still felt like a fraud or felt like other people around them or in the office were smarter, which was not true. But that's truly how they felt. And because of that, they didn't apply for promotions or they missed out on massive opportunities. And because I had also felt that way and I was like, this needs to change, right? Because we all have the resources and the potential that we need within us. But imposter syndrome is just interfering. So I actually really like the idea of imposter syndrome and working with women who are ambitious, who are motivated, who knew deep down that they could rise, right? And that they could kind of cliche, but unleash their full potential. But there was this one thing holding them back, this doubt in their mind. So I really like that idea. Picked imposter syndrome and that problem was solved. I now had a niche. However, as I mentioned before, I still had the narrative in my mind like people can't afford this or who am I to to sell high-end offers or I'm ripping people off, uh, visibility fears. So how are, are people going to find me? Or people can find other people, but they can't find me. A bunch of very odd and limiting beliefs in my mind. So I knew enough about the mind back then to know that if I had these thoughts in my mind, I would only attract or manifest in my reality things that were coherent with those thoughts. So if I kept saying people can't afford this or I'm ripping people off or no one can find me, that's exactly what I would get. So that's when I made it my priority to let go of these limiting beliefs, these blocks, go back to the root cause of why they even formed in my mind in the first place so I could get that understanding and let them go. And that's what I did through hypnosis, through EFT, through meditation, And one by one, I knocked down all of the limiting beliefs that basically were standing between me and that vision of serving high-end client who would be super delighted to invest in a three-month program to conquer imposter syndrome. So I thought about that program. I thought about clients finding me. And each time a limiting belief popped up, I dealt with it until I reached a point where I felt that it could happen, right? Of course, we aren't sure it hasn't happened before. So there is still a bit of uncertainty, which is normal. But I felt pretty good about the entire process. And 
once I had my niche and once I had let go of most of my subconscious blocks, and we all we have new ones as, as we evolve, right? But the heavy, heavy duty lifting was done. Then I needed to build the foundations of my business, which I hadn't had up to then. And the very first thing that allows you to build strong foundations in a business and strong foundations is the magic formula that, as well as mindset, that is going to allow you to grow faster than if you did not have them. It starts with niching. So I picked my niche, which was imposter syndrome. I was super excited about that. Then I became super clear on who my ideal client was. And that is more important than some people might think because we're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, ideal client and so it's someone who wants to overcome imposter syndrome, the end. No, it's not that it's not that simple. My ideal client from heaven was a woman who already had one foot in woo-woo, who believed in subconscious mind, in the subconscious mind, who believed in meditation, who believed that by getting rid of limiting beliefs and subconscious blocks, she could fully expand. And, and tap into that potential she already had. That was my ideal client, and my ideal client can afford me. Otherwise, she's not my ideal client. And it's so significant to have that part nailed down and be very clear on that person, because then it takes all of the pressure away and all of the unnecessary chatter that we have in my mind of what if they can't afford it or what if they don't want this? Well, they do because they are my ideal client. So I really became very clear on my ideal client and what frustrates her, what her pain points are. And we can dive deep into all of this in another episode, but basically what her pain points were, what she wanted, what she had tried that didn't work and how would her life would look like and her business would look like after these three months of working together and how the entire process of working together would go, right? And in my mind, my ideal client is like my friend. It's like being on a Zoom call with my friend and we like each other. I like following up with them and they respect my boundaries. So they're not going to text me on the weekend. So I had this very clear picture. And while I was doing that process, I was knocking down limiting belief after limiting belief using subconscious modalities to make sure that that was not interfering with my goals. And once I did that, and once I knew the main pain points and the desires of my ideal client, it also allowed me to build an offer that would match what they want, right? So, and in my case, but this can change for everyone and depending on the niche, it was a three-month program because I knew that within three months, it was pretty likely that we would have enough time, resources, and sessions to tackle several aspects of imposter syndrome that might pop up. So for me, the three-month time frame made complete sense, but that really depends on my niche. So that was out of the way. And then based on that, I was able to build content pillars. And I have a program for that. It's called the Visibility Queen Bootcamp that teaches you how to do all of this. I'm kind of going through it really fast now because it's not really the goal of this episode, but I was able to build some very strong content pillars. And then within the content pillars, build different types of posts or different type of content that really resonated with that one ideal client. So that is something that was so, so, so significantly different than prior to that phase, the eight months when I tried to get clients, where I was basically serving everyone and doing everything. And that meant that it was so much more difficult for people to recommend me because if they did, they would say like, oh, I know this girl, her name is Ines. And 
she does this amazing thing with the subconscious mind and she can, she can help you with a bunch of stuff like smoking or losing weight or skin issues or anxiety. While that has some power, it's not that clear and it's not that memorable. Whereas when I started to do imposter syndrome and I found the name imposter syndrome terminator, I think my mom found that. So thank you, mom. It became crystal clear. I'm the imposter syndrome terminator. And if you struggle with imposter syndrome, go to Ines. So it became very easy for people to refer me, which was one of these aspects that really contributed to rapid growth. So once I had all of my foundations in place, it made it so much easier to show up on social media because not only did I know who I was talking to, I was talking to my ideal client who had imposter syndrome. I had all of my content pillars. I had different types of posts I could post. And I basically circled through those content pillars, the, the different types of posts. So there would be some diversity within the posts. And I also, before I got myself on social media, I reached out to a few people who had imposter syndrome and I said, hey, listen, can we do a session against testimonial? Because I want to get more practice. I want to refine my method. I want to refine my program. And so you get it for free and I get a testimonial if the person got results, of course. So that's also something that I did that really helped me gain confidence because all of these amazing women I worked with were getting amazing results. So then those experiences of success build my confidence and Little side note, little tip, the biggest or best confidence builder is having several experiences of success. So as I had several experiences of success working with these women for free and they got amazing results and they gave me testimonial, one, it added social proof that I could bring to social media, right? And two, it gave me confidence and it helped me refine my process, refine how I interacted with people and tweak my program so it would best fit their needs. So once I had that, I basically started a Facebook business page as well as a Facebook group and a bit later my Instagram and I started to post according to my content pillars. All of that is explained in the Visibility Queen Bootcamp. And according to my niche, speaking to one person and one person only, which was my ideal client. That's also a quick tip is that it makes it so much easier to show up on social media when you know exactly who you're talking to. You can even print a picture of who your ideal client would be and write a bunch of personality traits that she has, her values, what she wants, what she's struggling with, and have that picture beside you each time you post on social because you know that you're talking to one person and one person only instead of kind of trying to talk to everyone. And so I did that. And I also did lives three times a week because you might have heard of the know, like, and trust factor, which is the basis of attraction marketing. So when people know you, like you and trust you, that's when they kind of enter the zone where if it's a right fit, they can buy your offer and potentially become your client. And one of the fastest ways of doing that is showing up on the video or stories because it really helps connecting with our audience and they can get to know us better. And either they like us, which is great, or they don't, which is great too, because at least they can leave or unfollow us and we're not talking to people who don't like us. And once I consistently did that, since I had one message and one message only, and it was conquer imposter syndrome, and I talked about that like a broken record again and again and again, and I had one offer, and that offer was my three-month program, the imposter syndrome terminator program. 
that was my call to action. So I always had a call to action to reach out to me if they were interested in knowing more, more about the program. Then it actually made the entire thing pretty simple. I had one job and that job was to provide massive value. So give actionable tips, give information or knowledge that people could use and that will help them get small wins, smaller, big wins, and talk about my offer. And when you break it down that way, it actually becomes pretty simple. Doesn't mean it's easy, but it's simple. And at the same time, I did another thing that was significant and that was actually pretty hard. I refused to settle for less. So I made a promise to myself around the time or just before, probably just before, when I started to talk about that offer, that I would not settle for people who could not afford the program. And it was a very intentional decision because I knew from the eight months prior to that, that had basically led me nowhere that I was settling for people I thought could not or did not want a longer program. And that kind of became a self-fulfilling prophecy. It backfired because it kept me stuck in a dynamic and energy where I thought, okay, this is the only thing people can afford. And then the more experiences you have of that, the more it becomes your reality and the more the thoughts and beliefs and emotions are strengthened. So when I decided that my offer was the imposter syndrome terminator program, it was a three-month program at several thousands, I decided that I would solely focus on women who could afford this. And once I did that, and once I got to five, 10 clients, and I actually got momentum and more financial freedom, I could then either hire a team that could support me, so just a VA that could support me in the daily tasks of the business and create a group program at a lower price point that could serve much more people. But for me, it was very important to do that in that order because I didn't want to get stuck in the dynamic I had just spent eight months in that was basically focusing on people who could not afford more because where we place our attention is where we place our energy. And the more I place my attention on that and the more I focused on those people, the more that's what I got in my reality. So it was actually pretty difficult in the very beginning to say, okay, one offer only. And even if people want less, it's going to be a no for now. And I think that that is something that was significant because one, I wasn't distracted. I wasn't wondering what if I could have offered them this or that or what if blah, blah, blah. No, it was one offer, one offer only, one ideal client and one ideal client only who could afford it. So all of my focus and all of my energy was on that. And it also made everything very simple. That's the only thing I talked about. And that's the only thing people heard about again and again and again. And because it was really clear and because I talked about it like a broken record and because I went live three times a week and people almost knew me as if I I was their friend within only 10 weeks, I got my first three high-end clients who invested in the imposter syndrome terminator program. If I had to summarize the massive difference, so basically how I moved from eight months of struggling, using my savings account to pay my bills, and then those $12,000 that manifested themselves in only 10 weeks when I started on social media and when I decided to niche into imposter syndrome, these are the main 
keys or the main elements that you, you want to remember. Before, so during the eight months I was struggling, the most significant thing is I had a bunch of limiting beliefs on what people could and could not afford. I had a bunch of limiting beliefs on what they wanted. I thought that I was ripping people off, which looking back makes absolutely no sense because people have a choice, right? If someone doesn't want to invest in an offer, well, they don't have to. And as long as we are ethical and we are moral and we are very clear about what they can expect from an offer, we're not ripping anyone off. We're not deceiving anyone. So I don't know where that thought came from, uh, but thank God it, it went away. So a bunch of limiting beliefs, still kind of feeling like a fraud, you know, or um, having some visibility fears or what are people going to think if I go live or if I post on social media. And before it was trying to build a face-to-face -face business, relying solely on, yeah, like people in my community or in my network and maybe, you know, deep down, it wasn't aligned. It wasn't aligned and that's why it didn't work because I always knew I wanted an online business that allowed me to travel. So the universe was like, we are not going to make this work. Shift to another strategy and do it soon. <laughs> I just didn't realize it yet. So that was the before. And of course, not having a niche. So not having a clear message having zero business foundation, so no niche, no content pillars, no ideal client, which meant that also my website was all over the place. And where when people came, they were like, okay, does she do weight loss? Does she do smoking? Does she do hypnosis? Does she do EFT? Does she do everything? So it wasn't clear. And because it wasn't clear, there is this saying that says a confused audience doesn't buy. Well, yeah, I, I can confirm that information. And something I haven't talked about, because it can be an entire episode in itself, but I didn't have a money block. I had a receiving block during that entire eight-month phase, which meant that I had nothing against money. I didn't have like limiting beliefs on money, like money doesn't grow on trees or money is for greedy people. However, receiving was very unfamiliar. So I had always been the giver when I was growing up. I mean, I'm still young, right? But in my early adulthood, it was much more familiar and comfortable for me to give than receive. And once I identified that pattern and once I did hypnosis on it, I could powerfully understand that giving, 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 but never receiving was completely interfering with my ability to get clients and especially get higher end clients who were willing to pay more. And then the after, so what I did differently, which allowed me to scale pretty fast and which allowed me to get those three high-end clients, which resulted in about $12,000 within 10 weeks, is that I had one very specific niche, one very specific ideal client, which allowed me to build all of the content pillars, the content, the messaging, the offer, the website, the freebie, the emails. That was one very clear and coherent thing. And then I made sure to do a lot of lives to create that connection with my audience so they could feel that not only did I bring them value for free, but they started to know me so well that it's as if we were friends. In between those two phases, right, where no success and more success, I got rid of limiting beliefs and blocks one by one until I reached a point where I was pretty neutral. So when I thought about high-end clients or my business growing really fast, I didn't really have any resistance. I didn't really have any yes buts or what if and blah, blah, blah. And having these really strong boundaries on, okay, I'm not going to settle for people who can't afford me 
or who, for people who want a lower end program because energetically I'm kind of telling the universe that I, I, I don't believe that what I want is possible or that I don't have a choice. And I did not want that energy in my business. And it took me eight months to understand that, but better late than never. So that is it for today. I really hope that it helped you get maybe some information, learn from some of the mistakes I made because I definitely made a lot. And if you can also relate to these limiting beliefs or imposter syndrome, you know, saying you're a fraud or who are you to do this or you just got started. Or if you also can relate to that aspect of like, you are a very good giver, but when it comes to receiving, it's a bit cringy. It feels a bit awkward. It feels a bit unfamiliar. I created this amazing, completely free hypnosis recording. Uh, You can find it in the show notes, download it at the end of this podcast. And what it does is that it rewires your subconscious mind. So it goes directly to the subconscious level to let go of old limiting beliefs about money, about imposter syndrome, about who am I too, and instead rewires your subconscious mind even while you sleep so you can feel very comfortable and worthy of receiving and let go of imposter syndrome. So thank you so much for tuning in today and I will see you in the next episode. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's podcast. Now, if you want to experience the full power of your subconscious mind to manifest more abundance and more clients towards you while you sleep, I've got a gift for you. The Abundance Hypnosis Recording. It will help you let go of imposter syndrome and money blocks directly at the subconscious level and rewire your mind to energetically attract and manifest more abundance in clients. This recording has already helped thousands of women let go of deep-seated limiting beliefs and negative blueprints they didn't even know they had. And all you have to do is go to inaspadar.ch slash abundance recording in one word. And of course, all of this is in the show notes. So see you next time on the Imposter Syndrome Terminator podcast.